Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. And before the episode begins, I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71, features scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. Thanks for listening, guys. And without further ado, let's begin. This incident occurred in the late 1990s. I was a young American woman living near a larger city, and one weekend I decided to experience some nightlife with some friends. We were driving next to a sidewalk. It was probably 10pm when a tall skinny guy waved us down and asked for a ride. We hesitated. There was barely any room left in our little red Subaru anyway, but he was well dressed and decent looking so we figured that he had a reasonable explanation. We asked him where his car was and he said that he never owned one but that he once totaled his parents on purpose. We thought that was a little weird, so we jokingly asked him what he had against his parents. He then proceeded to launch into a tirade against the auto industry about how cars are dangerous, polluting gas guzzlers, and how no one would be driving them in 50 years. He finished by saying that he'd been contemplating slashing our tires. He patted his coat pocket, implying that he carried a knife once we let him out, but we were such nice girls that he couldn't bring himself to do it. At this point, we were all pretty scared, obviously, so we politely asked him if his destination was close enough for him to be able to walk the rest of the way, especially given his burning hatred for car travel. He shrugged his shoulders and mumbled something, and then he abruptly exited the car before we had even come to a complete stop, mind you. We drove as fast as we could, we all just went home after that, and luckily, none of us ever encountered that dude again. So this is a quick incident that happened just a few moments ago and has me freaked out and I just want to share it. It's a quiet afternoon and I'm slowly cleaning the kitchen. It's surprisingly quiet outside as typical, when it's nice out that is. The neighborhood kids are running around and being rambunctious as they usually do. I'm enjoying the quiet and finishing uploading the dishwasher and decided to go outside for a smoke. I'm putting my flip flops on and head for the front door. I open the door and then I hear a very, very distinct ma. Now, when my daughter is looking for me around the house, she'll say the same thing, 
with a distinct tone of voice and inflection that I'd recognize anywhere. It came from the back door that leads into the yard, and it spooked me because I know that she's away at her father's house until after dinner today. She called me about 10 seconds after I heard it though, and it proper spooked me, and I really don't know what to think about any of this. Today I share this as a 36 year old man. You'll have to bear with me too as the details of this story are a bit vague and also a bit of a blur but I'll share what I remember. In the summer of 1993 I was in the first grade. My parents had been divorced for many years with my mother having sole custody. As a child I barely remembered my father but he would make his brief appearances or send gifts on Christmas or my birthdays. But seeing my dad always made me happy as I was far too young to comprehend the complexities of a battered relationship or marriage. And after school one day I was shocked to come outside to see my father waiting for me. My grandma usually picked me up from school but never my dad. He had a small black car, a beater. He always seemed to dress nice, suspenders and slacks, hair pulled back in a tight ponytail. I remember getting into his car and smelling what I now know as an adult to be clove. I later gathered that he had a habit of rolling his own cigarettes and gained that he must have been in a, a clove phase. There's a bit of gap in time here that I really can't remember but it's now night time and I'm watching the fluorescent lights from miscellaneous stores fly by my passenger seat window. A gas station I can't really remember, Braum's ice cream at an intersection and more time loss. I'm now running around with another kid in and out yellow lit apartment corridors. Some doors are open and we go into one. There are kids in a back bedroom playing Sega. I watch as Sonic zips through loops and listen to familiar music that momentarily makes me feel safe. But then I suddenly realize that I'm very alone with complete strangers and find my way back outside. There's another gap. My belly is full from beans and burritos and I'm looking down a very dark hallway in my father's apartment. I'm standing next to an aquarium giving blue ambient light that sits on my face. I want to go home. Something just doesn't feel right all of a sudden. In an attempt to comfort me, my father gives me a toy flashlight that projects the Batman symbol. I shine it down the black hallway. The cheap plastic of the switch fidgets and stubbornly slides clicking on and off. My father is on the phone and he's upset, voice raised. I apologize for not knowing what happened next, but I can confidently say that I was safely returned by my father. My mother had no idea where he lived, and he would sometimes drive around at night in efforts to find the mentioned landmarks to trigger my memory. I haven't thought much about this until tonight, and it really made me feel wrong and uncomfortable, everything that happened that night. In hindsight, I was definitely being kidnapped. I really don't know the full extent of what was going on, but... Something just told me that something was wrong. As you may have guessed too, I don't really have a relationship with my father anymore. And who knows, maybe that's for the best. Apartments.com believes that a dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time that you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. 
With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit Apartments.com, the place to find a place. This happened to me when I was 9 years old, 28 years ago now, but I still remember it so vividly. I lived at the time in a seaside resort called Blackpool, England, in a modest four-bedroom house. The area itself was good with very little crime or concern until that night. You see, I shared a bedroom with my brother. We had bunk beds and I was on the top bunk. The bedroom was on the first floor at the rear of the property. My bedroom overlooked the back garden. And one night, I was awoken by the sound of a window lock being tried. I opened my eyes and looked towards the bottom of the bed, which faced the four large windows. And to my horror, someone was outside, perched on the window ledge, attempting to get in through my window. I froze in horror, not daring to allow them to see that I was awake. I remember sliding back down onto my bed, keeping as still as possible. I lied there for no more than a minute, but man, it felt like a long time. My heart was beating so loudly that I was sure that it was about to give me away. With my eyes closed, I stayed still listening to them shuffle across the next window. Unlike before though, I could now hear a screwdriver or something in his hand which was being used a little more forcefully to get in. But without moving, I opened one eye ever so slightly to see whether I could make out who this person was. A security light on the back of the property suddenly triggered mid-look. I panicked. Surely now he had seen me. Now he must have known that I was there. Staring back at me was a dark figure, black clothes, wearing a matching balaclava. Only his eyes on show and this horrible, startled, piercing look, clearly having been caught off guard by the security light. He froze and just stared. He didn't move an inch. I was now sat up, equally as stunned, staring back, locked by fear. I immediately jumped off the top of my bunk, there wasn't time for stairs, screaming for my parents as I ran out of the room and into theirs. They tried convincing me that it was a bad dream and told me to get back into bed, but there was absolutely no chance of that happening and after a couple of minutes they agreed to go and investigate, which simply entailed looking through the bedroom window. When nobody was there, they had gone. I got back into bed, still almost frozen with fear. What if he had gotten in? He might be in the bedroom right now. He could comfortably fit into my wardrobe or even under my bed. My brother, who was six years my junior, had slept through the whole episode and was no use. Looking down my bed towards the windows again, I noticed that the latch on the fourth window, it had been left open inside. Which means that a simple pull from the outside would have easily opened it. I shut my eyes and remember silent tears falling down my cheeks. If he was in my room and knew that I was awake, he might harm me to keep me quiet. Pretending to be asleep seemed the best option, and eventually I must have nodded off. I was woken up the next day by the sound of my cat outside screeching in the garden. Daylight came through the windows, and the bedroom didn't feel anywhere near as scary as the night before. Cautiously, I walked towards my bedroom window, 
I noticed marks from the window's locks from the outside where the paint had been scraped, which means that it wasn't just a bad dream. My cat screeched again and I heard a commotion outside below me in the garden. Three police sniffer dogs were parading around. A policeman was stood talking to my mum. I rushed outside but was quickly ushered back into the house and was told to take the cat indoors. The look on my mum's face, I knew that she was trying to hide something from me. The ambulance, which arrived a short while later, gave it all away though. Apparently, it had turned out that someone had broken into the house next door through the back bedroom windows. The motive? Well, it appeared to have been a simple theft, but the elderly lady who came across the intruder had been found dead at the bottom of her stairs. And the police? They never found out who it was. But then again, they never dusted our windows for prints as my story was never told. We left the house and moved away within six months. I still think that they feel guilty for not listening to me and not acting differently. Even to this day, my parents don't wish to talk about it whenever I try and bring it up. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. In respect for my best friend, whose life was, to say the least, a complete mess as a child, I've been keeping this story inside for a very long time. I'm going to be completely honest, I've never even spoken a word to my mother before. At first it was fear of getting social services involved, then after they got involved anyways, I guess too long had passed and I just figured that she never really would benefit any from knowing this all happened when we were 11 years old. I'm 29 now. It all sort of feels like a surreal dream, to be honest. This feels like the appropriate place to get it out, though. Names have been changed, of course. So, when I was in elementary school in Canada, that's K-6, to I was an awkward child. I have high-functioning autism, and while my grades were great, my social functioning was lackluster. Still is, if I'm honest. This left me with a fairly small, very colourful group of friends. Two of the closest being Jesse and Katie. Now, I came from a fairly overprotective household. My mother watched me like a hawk and thus I was a naive kid. I didn't really understand that a lot of the oddness and dysfunction that would come out of my two friends had to do with problems at home. We were never allowed at Katie's house. I think her mum was extremely overweight to the point of hardly being able to move anyway and she was embarrassed of it. Jessie's house, however, was only a few blocks away from the school, 
and we ended up there a lot. Her parents were divorced and her mum was deaf and mute. My mum and her would communicate through notes and when I would go over, I would hand them to her and while she at first would always seem slightly erratic, there were no real red flags. When we first started going there, Jessie's mum was living with her boyfriend as well as her boyfriend's parents. Everyone in the household was deaf with the exception of Jessie and her younger brother, but both of them had limited hearing. I think for the first year or so that they were there, the boyfriend's parents kind of kept everything from getting too out of hand, but it was pretty clear that it was a dysfunctional household. After they moved out of the household, it was just Jessie's mum and her boyfriend. They would often lock us in the basement too when I would spend the night there. It was a full apartment, so we just saw it as fun freedom. But the one time they forgot to lock it and we walked in on them, shoving needles under the table... Again, we were too young to understand what was going on, but we did understand that we walked in on something bad. From this point on, we would be designated to spend our sleep overnights in her garage as it was furnished with carpets and couches. The issue with this was, though, that Jessie's mum always kept the door locked so we wouldn't interfere with their activities again. So when one of us had to use the washroom... We would have to knock on the basement window until Jesse's little brother would hear and let us in through the basement window to pee. Another issue being, he was hearing impaired. Thus, sometimes it would take a literal hour of absolute banging on that window to get anybody's attention. But we were young and this felt as close to freedom as you could get, I guess. But we didn't really understand why or what was wrong or dangerous for Jesse's mother to do this, so... I guess I just never really thought about telling my mum, and it kept going on. One night though, we were doing our normal sleepover, playing Pokemon Gold, trading and battling with link cables, and waiting for Jessie's mum to bring out the oven pizza she said that she was cooking us literal hours ago. It was about midnight, no bedtime in that household, and Katie said that she really had to pee. She was trying to wait for Jessie's mum to bring in the pizza so she could go through the door, but she couldn't hold it. She goes out by herself to try and rouse Jessie's little brother, Erin. We were expecting it to take her a little while, but to our surprise, she comes back extremely quick, locking the garage door behind her and latching the lift door. She looks really startled too. She tells us that she was knocking to try and get Erin's attention when she hears a rustle from the bush next to the gate going to the front yard. It takes her a minute to realize what she's looking at, but... Standing about five feet from the gate, 15 feet from the window Katie is at, is a tall man dressed completely in black. She said that it seemed like he just sort of appeared out of darkness or like he was waiting for something. He asks her if she's managed to lock herself out while slowly taking a step towards the gate. As she gets up and takes a step back, his pace quickens towards her and she sprints back to the garage. At first, we thought that she was just messing with us. We laughed and told her to stop messing around, but then we heard it. Hard twisting of the locked doorknob, then worse, the sound of scratching metal against the knob. He was trying to pick the lock. We stood in absolute fear for a moment, then grabbed the only pathetic things around that we could use to try and defend ourselves. Then it just abruptly stopped. There were no windows in her garage and no peephole on the door, so we couldn't see anything and so we really had no idea what was going on. 
We waited for about 10 minutes, having no idea where the man was, if he was still out there, where her mum was, or where that pizza had got to. But we were still sitting ducks in there, and he had clearly failed to pick the lock, but who knows if or what he would try next. Now, this is stupid, I know, but we were stupid, scared children. We grabbed our weapons, which consisted of glorified sticks, and we left that garage. At first, there was no sign of any man. We moved towards the downstairs window and started slamming on it, screaming and pleading for Aaron to open it. Again, that's when we heard it. It was almost a sort of sing-song, mocking voice that rang out. Well, hello again. Three men this time, all in black. The one in the middle had spoken. They made a move forward. We once again sprinted back to the garage. This time, they just straight up tried to kick the door down, all three of them stomping and kicking. It was close to giving in, and then everything just stopped. Jessie's mother had come out of the back door, pizza in hand, and startled them. She ran back inside, got her boyfriend and his two other friends, users traveling packs, and they were able to chase them off with some actual weapons. Obviously, I'm guessing about that because we were still inside the garage, but we could hear stuff. The adult stayed in the backyard all night, weapons in hand. One person even sat on the roof with a compound bow. Yeah, a compound bow. Anyway, night turned to morning and it all settled down. But after that, we never stayed at Jessie's house for sleepovers ever again. She was put into the care of her grandparents shortly after this too. It took me a really long time to actually grasp what happened that night, but considering they never actually called the police, I'm fairly certain that we almost got literally murdered over some drug debt that Jessie's mother probably had. Literally, I can't even imagine the evils that could have gone on that night if fate wasn't on my side. Something tells me that those three men were way too happy to find children to take his penance, and it would hardly have just been a, a straightforward murder. It still makes me shudder thinking about it, and I'm just really glad that we all ended up okay that night. In Mexican folklore, an archetypical witch is the Lechuza or Owl Witch. It is said a Lechuza makes a pact with Satan or other evil spirits in order to gain this ability. They're often portrayed as older women and it is said that he removed her legs and hide them while they're out in owl form. As a child, I was told legends by my maternal grandmother who swore encounters with witches. Luckily, I didn't have any encounters, at least not until my adulthood two years ago. I was in Mexico in my dad's hometown, a small town of maybe 9,000. Our house in Mexico is pretty far away from the main town at the very end of a, a long dirt road. To the left of the road is small traditional houses and to the right is a deep gully or trench which was once a river I think and on the other side of the gully is the woods. It was around the time of the town's festival which was an excuse for the adults to get drunk and in the town's plaza while the kids played at the fair. I opted on leaving early as I was tired and didn't like drinking anyway, so I hitched a ride with someone from town who lived at the beginning of the dirt road which meant that I'd have to walk about a mile, or close enough to that. So 10 minutes into my walk I heard what sounded like birds and assumed the birds nearby in the trees were settling down for the night. 
I looked at the trees and about 10 feet up I saw a pair of eyes, bright orange, staring me down. I was unnerved but pushed on and ignored it. I heard more rustling and looked back, noticing the eyes had gone, which led me to believe that the bird had flown away when suddenly I heard a voice from the bottom of the gully. Hey sir, come here. I decided to ignore it, but it kept on pestering me until finally I snapped and walked towards the gully to tell this woman to leave me alone. I started telling her that I was in a rush to get home when I noticed something weird. She was dressed in like native attire, which meant that she had a long skirt, but it wasn't all the way down, and this woman's ankles were completely missing. She appeared to be floating. She looked at me with utter hatred in her eyes. I realized that she knew her secret was out at that point when I saw that, and I bolted for the house, hearing a, a large flapping sound following me. I looked back, and flying behind me was what I can only describe as like a huge owl with bright orange eyes. I ran into the house, but I only had a few seconds of peace before something was banging on the door, screeching inhumanely. I panicked and remembered my grandmother telling me the prayer was the best defense against a witch, which, when I started doing this, it seemingly worked as the screaming stopped. I decided to place salt in the doorways when something broke the kitchen window above the sink, and attempting to come through that window was that same owl, but this time it was sort of gargling, almost... I don't know, like vaguely human words, maybe? In a panic, I took the salt I was using on the doorways and just threw it at it. Immediately, it backed away from the window and perched itself in the fence, staring daggers into the window. I sat on the couch on edge all night, and eventually, I must have passed out. The next morning, I woke up hoping that it was all just a horrible dream, but upon entering the kitchen, I saw the glass from the broken window... And when I stepped outside, I saw large scratches on the front door. I walked over to the fence where this owl was perched, and on the fence and the floor surrounding it was what looked like blood. Unnerved, I started sweeping the glass out the front door when I saw her, an older native woman across the gully among the trees, staring at me. Her face was covered in what looked like small cuts with little bits of blood, as if she had been assaulted by tiny shards of glass. I knew that this was her and I stared her back down until eventually she just sort of retreated into the trees and after that I never saw her again. Every time I go back I still place salt in the doorways and pray as soon as I enter that house. Often in that house I feel watched too and other people who stay there report voices outside and stuff on the roof and... In any case, like I said, I haven't seen anything again after this and hopefully I, I never will. When I was a kid, around seven years old I think, I spent the day at a cousin's house in my old hometown. He lived right in the middle of town so we could ride our bikes pretty much everywhere. This was back in 98 and... The tiny place that I came from, everyone knows everyone and keeps an eye out for the safety of any kid they see. When my mum dropped me off at my aunt's house that morning, she gave me some money to be able to go to the corner store for some snacks for my cousin and I. After a while, hunger struck and I took off on my bike to Reeves Grocery. It was the best stocked store in town, and there were only two stores. But pulling up, I noticed an old maroon sort of coloured car parked outside. 
Reeves' storefront had a, a short brick wall about a quarter of the way up, but from the brick up to the roof was all glass. The type of glass that you can see through one side, but is a mirror on the other. I didn't pay the car too much mind at first. I rode up onto the sidewalk and gently rested the handlebars of my bike against the wall. I hopped off my bike and, by force of habit, I looked into the store window. In the reflection behind me in that old maroon car sat a, a little old lady in the passenger seat. She was dressed in all green, dark green, wearing a, a beret hat, and she had one of those sort of crocheted Afghan blankets draped around her shoulders. She looked very, very old. Deep wrinkles covered her face to the point that I couldn't even see her eyes, really, and her skin had a, a grey tint to it. She smiled sort of sweetly at me in the mirror, but when I turned around to wave and smile back, she wasn't in the car. Confused, I glanced back at the store window and I could still see her sitting in the passenger seat, smiling at me. Fight or flight kicked in and I aborted all thoughts of 3D Doritos and Gatorade and raced off as quickly as I could. I didn't even get on my bike in the end. I just grabbed it by the handlebars and pushed it as I ran as fast as my little legs would go. Looking back on this whole thing, the little old lady really seemed to me no harm. Her wrinkled face looked kind and her smile was warm, but my seven-year-old brain just yelled ghost and told me to run. When I told my mum about it a few days later, she told me that sometimes spirits get a stuck or have unfinished business so they can't pass on. I remember this encounter fondly these days though and wish that I could have better, I don't know, reacted to the situation. I mean, maybe I could have helped the green lady somehow. So, I know that this is a bit of a strange one, but it's just never sat with me right, and I feel like sharing it. So my girlfriend and I are watching a show on the TV, when there's suddenly a knock on the front door at around 10pm. We both looked at each other like, who do you have coming over? The look between us settles, where we both shake our heads and non-verbally say, I have no idea who that is. I pause the show and get up and ask, hello, who is it? A man from the other side of the door says, Do you believe in Black Lives Matter? I heard him, but the logic in my brain just didn't. Who was this man? Why was I being asked this question at 10pm? What was going on? I got really confused and asked, I'm sorry, what are you asking? The man, in an even softer, quieter voice, says, Do you believe in Black Lives Matter? At this point, I was right next to the door and the hair on the back of my neck stood up. My girlfriend was behind me. I then immediately motioned her to get away from the door. I remained quiet, turned the lights off, dead bolted the door in front of the guy. What was even creepier though was the dude didn't say anything after that. There was no knock, there was no further interaction, just silence in the dark. I don't know when he left. In fact... He could have been there for hours for all I knew. Also, I wondered if the fact that we had a, an LGBT flag in one of our front windows prompted this. To make matters more strange is that I'm literally the last person to do something like that. I have a historical track record with getting myself into situations and problems with strangers for being too nice, if anything. So for me to get that feeling was really a first and 
I was all freaked out and my girlfriend was even more freaked out at how freaked out I was due to me never being like that. Anyway, in the end it was probably one of the strangest interactions I've ever had and like I said, something about it just has never sat with me right. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared Podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family and on social media too. Thanks again for listening guys, and I'll see you mates in the next one. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.